everybody, salam merdeka semua. This is your girl AG from the Samba Pod. Inspired by the work questions concept, we asked our fellow Malaysians of different cultures and ethnicities to join us in a session where we asked several questions about their raw, honest truth, living in multicultural, beautiful and some dramatic experiences as a Malaysian. These stories may be funny, inspirational or even emotional, but they're nothing less than the truth. Welcome to Kisah Orang Kita by The Sambal Pod. Hope you enjoy! Whenever we hear the word mama, everyone's going to think about the kedai mama, right? You know, mama food. So I don't really think that many people actually understand that mama um, refers to a certain ethnicity. So that is why we have Shamira to help us debunk on that. So yeah, hi Shamira, how are you? I am great, Shakra. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. So let's get on to this. So going on to the first question is... Okay, before going on to this question from the list, I just wanna I just wanna give you the opportunity to just like introduce yourself briefly and also to introduce um your ethnicity to everyone out there. Yeah, so um I'm Shamira Nashrain and I'm 22 years old. I'm a student and I'm also um a participant in so many other stuff, so you can find me out there very easily. <laughs> yeah, then, she is super active. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, what else I mean about my ethnicity I'm very proud of who am I like I have to say because um, I'm an Indian Muslim right so people always come to come and ask me like at which point did you guys like convert um, and then yeah the typical question you know and then I have to be like you know what no I'm not a convert I have to like explain the entire history behind it it's just that um, I, I, I briefly explain it. It's how, it's how like, uh, Indian Muslims, our ancestors are from India. Like how uh, China, they have their Muslims or, you know, uh, I'm pretty sure every country have at least, um, there are Muslim people, right? So mm-hmm. it's just that my ancestors are from India. So since we are derived from India, we are known as the Indian Muslims. But in Malaysia, the most of Indian Muslims are from South India, which is Tamil Nadu, Kerala, and Kerala. But most of us are from Tamil Nadu, mm, from okay. India. So that's like a slight. And our Trivia. mother tongue, my mother tongue is actually Tamil. So it's not Malay, it's Tamil. Because my ancestors are from India and South India, South India very particularly. I think the problem is with Malaysians is that whenever anyone is a Muslim, um, people tend to assume them as Malays. So I, yeah. I had a friend who was an Indian Muslim and she used to struggle with this a lot too because like um, she couldn't fit in with the Malay friends and then like uh, a Malay friends always told her that uh, and then and then when people asked her like you know are you are you you know awak ni Melayu ke are you a Malay she would say no she's not a Malay she's an Indian Muslim and then like so many people would say no you're a Malay because you're Muslim so yeah oh it's it's sort I it's just that all things I've heard before like I I was in that place and it made me so mad like 
um how do you say how or like where do I even fit in like if I don't belong to any of it right mm, so it just annoys me but you know at one point uh it, it annoys me when I was until like uh when I was in secondary school but once I get into my I, I studied for STPM so once I get into my STPM and my friends and then after that I got into uni I start embrace, embracing myself and I start educating people instead like what is my background like I will share with them you know how my culture is or how the wedding is or you know what what is this entire mama culture is or you know when I start doing that I start realize how beautiful it is and how I and that's how I start living my culture my identity actually the moment I start embracing myself is the moment I start to love it even more yeah, I think that's a good way to go because, um, I mean, when you talk about stigmas and misconceptions, it's already rooted there in our community. You can't do much to change it other than educating, you know. So, like, I understand that it can be really frustrating for everyone because I think all of us, despite races, religion, any sort of community, we all have our own misconceptions or stigmas, you know, just shoved in offices, right? So, yeah, it's a, I guess the best way you can do is actually to educate, to explain about you know, our actual identity to people. So yeah, sure. let's get into the questions. I'm okay. excited. First question, what are your feelings about Malaysia at this moment of time? Like tomorrow's I, Malaysia Day, so yeah. yeah. Mm, to be honest, I love Malaysia. Like, you know, you know how am I like Indian Muslim, right? So yeah. I have family in India. Like I have like, most of my families are in India. So whenever I'm, I'm at India, you know, the moment I land, like after visiting India and the moment I land on the KLIA airport, right? Mm. I don't know, there will be some kind of sense of patriotism that, you know, comes into me like, you know what, I'm wow. in Malaysia. Yeah, like, okay. it, I'm, I'm sure it's like very really relatable to like so many people out there who have been through my place because mm. you just like, when you're in India, you feel like, you know what, we have this in our country, we have that in our country. You're just so proud. I think it takes like, the feelings for your country only like booms in you when you're in when you're outside of the country. I realized that already. Then um currently, I just love my country so much, but there's so much going on in our country right now yeah. that needs to be solved to, for Malaysia to be Malaysia. I think people are forgetting the true meaning of Malaysia already. That's why we are facing all these problems, let it be racial injustice or political problems or, or any of, of it. Because I think we are starting to forget our history. That's why we are facing all this. But you talk about history, that's like a whole different thing. I mean, like, okay, yeah, one, yeah. What, what you say is so true, people are forgetting our history. And there's, another, there's also other cases of people you know, trying to, you know, talk about, trying to fake our history, you know, to just put it in simpler terms. So sometimes I think some of us are just confused. What is the actual history? So yeah, that too. <laughs> because um, it's just that as as responsible citizen right now, I feel like I shouldn't give up on my country. Mm. And I just feel like, you know, I should keep going, keep pushing, keep reminding people why are we here? Because mm. I mean, um, if we want to stay in a better place like five years from now or 10 years from now, I think it takes 
the responsibility of each one of us to change it. Okay, so how do you describe your love from this year? I think you talked a bit about uh, change and stuff just now, so. Yeah. Yeah. I think my love for Malaysia is immense. Like, I have no words to describe it because I, I don't know. I think I, we celebrated, like, 31st August, like, uh, like a few weeks ago, um, our Independence Day, and I start crying, watching, start crying, listening to Pep Trotic song on the radio. So I think that would say... That says a lot for my You're very life. emo about Malaysia. <laughs> yeah, I was very emo. I was like, you know, I was listening to Mira Bubara's manga watcher and I started crying. I was like, oh my God. Well, I don't, I don't know why I'm crying, but I'm just crying. And I'm just like, um, I helped my mom in her shop. So I was like on um on the way to my mom's shop. So okay. in the car, I was listening to this patriotic song. And then once I just, I, I was wearing t-shirt with Malaysia flag on it because it was Independence Day. And um, I went to my shop and I start putting out like speakers and, you know, blasting patriotic songs in my shop. Like, I can't believe I did that, but I did that. And I was crying. So. <laughs> what shop is this anyway? Uh, it's, a, it's a convenience store. My mom's owns a mini market. Oh, it's a mini market. Okay, that is not weird. I mean, like, I, it's not weird for a mini market to blast patriotic songs. I mean, like, if it's, if it's, I don't know, if it's, like, some other shop, it might be weird. I don't know. But still, yeah. I mean, like, it's, it was Hari Merdeka, so it, it shouldn't be weird, you know. You should just go all all in. So um, the next question would be, you you talked a lot. I, I think your perspective on your love for Malaysia is kind of interesting because not many of us, despite races, right, not many of us still have um, kampongs back from where we are like our yes. ancestors may come from different countries but you know we can't really say that oh i really have like you know some a lot of us i think can't really trace and say that i really have a hometown back in this 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 and you still have that you still go back and like visit your family regularly and stuff like that right so um in from from that kind of perspective do you have right and you you're also i think very involved in yeah, let's just be honest. Um, we are both people very passionate about youth activism, about change in Malaysia as a general. So yeah, mm -hmm. I think when when you talk about being involved in youth activism, right? I feel that you firsthand see all the problems that Malaysia has, and then you have to like study into it and talk about what you have to do about it, right? Um, so because of that, um, I always want to know: Have your love for Malaysia, like you know, just waver at any moment? Um, I have to be honest, it did. It definitely did. At one point, I was like, oh man, why am I living here? You know, it, it, it was one point of time. But um, even though I was passionate, but I, I think I would describe myself as not as passionate as I was right now. Because um, I start thinking, if we want a change and we keep talking about it without doing anything, nothing would happen. You know, mm. um, you know when you're sick, it's, it's for example right when you're six and when you're sick and you want to be better you yourself have to like you know take care of yourself you have to take medicines to heal yourself right so i i feel like it's the same i think if you want to live in a better place if you feel like you know this is wrong and yeah, if something is wrong and you really want to fix it i think just get into it and fix it find the ways that you can fix it i think that would be like but uh, that would be a, what that is what a responsible citizen would do. I feel because that um no matter what you shouldn't 
have the feeling of you shouldn't just give up you know on on something like on your country just like that just because something is wrong because you know there's um sometimes right you always notice the bad stuff compared to the good stuff right and then we feel i think that sometimes that all this stuff is just too exhausting where we just forget to look the brighter side of it so um but you know when you go to every malaysians and you ask them about things that makes you feel malaysian right they will just start keep talking and you keep saying all these things that makes you happy but when it, when the things that makes you unhappy you just want to give up i feel like it's not fair you know when you you know there's a saying that you have to like you have like you you are you are there no matter what right so i feel mm. like you have to be there for your country no matter what ups and downs yeah that's that's a very fair point because um Yeah, I think a lot of us are actually being unfair, which is understandably so. I understand why a lot of people are very tired with our current yeah, state. Understandable. But yeah, like what you said, um, you know, though no matter how understandable the fact is, um, we still talk about how much we love Malaysia and all, right? So yeah, we have to understand that any if if we if we were to live in some other country, we would still have to face challenges as well. So yeah. yeah. We we need to face challenges wherever we are. I mean, like this is not a paradise, right? So yeah, I guess we just have to do what we can to like fight for change about that. Okay, next question: Do you feel seen in Malaysia? This is I know this can be a very uh weak question, so it can be in regards to your identity, to your ethnicity. You can just answer it any way you want to answer, lah. Um. I do feel seen. I mean, you. I mean, you just say the word "mama." I think everybody knows, right? Mm-hmm. Which Malaysian doesn't know "mama," right? I mean, it's it's a place that, I mean, before the entire pandemic, it's it's a place where, I think, regardless race or religion, you just hang out there watching it's football. Must go lah, formations. Must go, right? Formations, yeah, exactly. So um obviously I feel seen like not because of only that, but you know, even though we are a minority, but we are. Quite obvious. I mean, you can't you can't deny the presence of my community. I would say, but um, in the sense of um, how do I say? It? Do I feel seen? Yeah, I do feel seen. It's just that sometimes, um, it's like in between. You know, like maybe one particular uh race thing oh you're not you don't belong to us because you belong to this particular thing you know, mm. like race right and then this race say that you know oh you don't belong to us you you know you have privileges and you do belong to the other category and mm-hmm. then like, you know, when they try to box yeah. you into those categories considering your position yeah yes yeah but you know it always like comes back to the point that this is why we should educate the people on the differences of religion and race right i have a friend who's chinese muslim okay like i have a friend who's a eurasian i mean how do you categorize them like you know there's this times where i feel confused whether i should take malayu or whether i should take india or should i take in lion lion trust me i've done all three before oh my god mm, yeah. totally yeah the race box is another issue to be spoken on its own law you know like i still don't understand yeah. the relevance of a race of the race box people have been talking about it for so long 
why do you need to put them Melayu, China, India, lain-lain? Doesn't matter. Like, why is your race so important? It doesn't matter in anything like job interviews or what. I don't understand. Unless if you really want to take a survey that is focused on some certain community for some certain study. Other than that reason, I really don't see a reason. Like, why? But, yep. Mm, we still see a lot of race boxes. So, yeah, I totally get how you feel on that because, and that's also actually one of the reasons why we wanted to do this Kisa Orang Kita uh, series and also for, uh, make sure that it doesn't only have the typical races of what people think Malaysians are. Like, it's always yeah. Melayu, China, India, but then there's like other races and all. Because Malaysia is like this big, colorful, no matter a bit dramatic, but like, you know, this big colorful, uh, yeah, full of roja, you know, it's like a roja of cultures all over, right? Yes. This is who we are. So, yeah, I think sometimes we as Malaysians tend to forget that as time. So, this can be a good reminder. Okay, this is a, this is a light-hearted question. Titari or Durian? Oh, it's very difficult. Actually, right, I have like, I have like a mini story behind this. Okay. Um, I love durian. So whenever I'm back to Penang, it's always durian. I mean, I enjoy durian during our recent durian season. But you know, my love for Tetare is just that I'm Indian Muslim, so I really love chai, the oh. the Indian Muslim type of. Oh, there's the tea. cultural reference that I never thought wow. about. That. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. I love. I love this Indian type of tea that my mom used to do it is just high on sugar it's just so good it's just that when I have relatives like my Indian Muslim relatives at home or where my relatives visiting us from India we just have this culture of drinking tea in the evening right so oh, okay. you know um my mom used to buy this the brand of the tea is from India it's it's whole new different kind of taste I love that tea so um I love that and uh, I'm studying at Kelantan, so University of Malaysia of Kelantan. So um, once I was in Kelantan, damn, I love their tabing from my EMK. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I've, tried, I've tried it at Kelantan. Their tabing is actually, I mean, I don't I don't usually drink tea, but I was impressed. Yeah. So Yeah, it's so true. You know what? But compared to the other stalls that I've tried out there in Kelantan, compared to the one in my cafe. Oh my god, I just love the tabing in my cafe. It's so I good. I mean, they got imported the tea leaves from Thailand. And it's so good. So I just like, it's just it's just a demographical situation that I am right now. If I'm back in Penang, mm -hmm. it's always the Indian tea and also durian. Like, you know, Penang is extremely famous for food. So yeah. durian is, we get like the best durian. So definitely durians. But tea, I have like a story behind it. So it's like, when I'm back in Kelantan, I'm all for tea tabing. And when I'm home, I'm always for go for that Indian tea. So do you have a choice or how? What oh. if you really have to make a choice? Like, you know, you only get to choose like one of this food to like survive in some, I don't know, weird apocalypse. <laughs> what if that happens? Durian. Okay. Durian. Yeah, I love durian. That really shows the Malaysian la. <laughs> the Malaysian durian. side of you. Yeah, it's just yeah. so annoying. My relatives, like from India, when they come back, this is some of them they love durian, oh. especially my grandpa. Oh, actually, like, I'm curious, my grandpa, like how would your relatives react to durian? Uh, oh, oh, so they like durian too, lah. Okay. 
Um, it's very interesting because um, some of my relatives, like my grand, my grandfather, who's like very old, right? But mm-hmm. um, they were in they were in Malaysia before because they're all traders, right? And then okay. I have like one of my grandpas and my relative that he was here before he moved back to India. He was doing all these businesses over here, so he loved durian. So he's like my partner in crime. Whenever he's back in Malaysia, he'll be just right in time for the season, uh-huh. and then we would just down and crack as much as durians and I just have fun with it and then I have like a certain relatives of mine who's here just they would just move 1,000 like I don't know <laughs> that away from the they can't stand the stench I, I can't understand why people do that but yeah some yes. people look at it don't it's know such a I, I would like I mean like girl I mean I would like tell them y'all just don't know how to appreciate durian man <laughs> but I would just enjoy it with my grandpa is it because we are like the partnering crime when it comes to durian mm, I'm a hunter durian too so I totally get you yeah <laughs> okay moving on to the next question okay just now you were you you told us about how um on Merdeka Day you shed tears of pride when you were listening into those patriotic songs, right? So yes. what does Merdeka actually mean to you? Merdeka means so much to me. It means freedom, you know. When when you you know, it's just that I'm just so glad we are not in the verge of war or fighting for our freedom like how it is today. We mm. we call ourselves in in a very progressive world, 21st century. But look at, you know, just, just you know, switch on to your Instagram. And look at how many things that are going on, like, you know, ethnic cleansing, you know, so it's, it's still going on, you know, people are still fighting for their lands. Yeah. It's just so sad. So it's just like, it, you know, when, when I'm looking at that point, I just feel so grateful that I don't have to do it anymore. Like, you know, I don't have to do for to do all this anymore. I'm just so glad that there's no military going on around and shooting people or we are not shedding blood and all that stuff, right? So I'm just yeah. glad. So it just freedom means a lot to me. I think that that's why I think I think freedom means people should re- should remember how Malaysia was formed in the first place. It's not formed on the base of one religion or one race it's yeah. malaysia was formed literally with the base and the fun the fundamental of it is the multiple race you know that's how you got independence for the country because i, I still remember to government assured that you know that these races would hold the country together that's why it is malaysia right but yeah. it's just that this freedom should just remind our right yeah, that like how did we even you know, come out to Malaysia in the first place. Okay, give us three changes you want to see happening in Malaysia. Um, I think I can give you more than three changes, but if you're asking for me, three. <laughs> love to give, I, would leave, I would love to give a full-on thesis on this, to be honest, but let's just stick on the three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> changes, right. Okay, so the first one would be, I think, uh, racial injustices. Okay. No matter in education, in, in, in anything. I just anything, I just don't yeah. want right yet to fight over you know over race and religion. I think it's so beautiful. Like me, I have I can say I have friends from every race and religion. I have like a Sabahan friend, I have Sarawakin friend, mm-hmm. I have Orangasli friend, I have friends from everywhere. So it's just that you know, it's just so beautiful to understand the culture and to learn about them. 
so I just don't want this racial injustice to happen. And that's like number one. Number two, um, number two, what would I say? I think the political uh, situations, the political crisis that's going on right now, right? Um, yeah. It's just too much for all of us to handle. I feel like the riot has... Is they're, they're just tired already, you know? Like, we're just tired. People are beyond so, tired. I think, like, some people are really, uh, like, uh, they, they're not even surprised anymore with what is going on. Like, they, they can't yeah. even give reactions. I feel like some people are, are already at that stage. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I, I want to see some things to, like, change, you know? I mean, like, the fact that you have to, you know, sometimes put put political uh you know differences apart ideologies apart and just mm-hmm. work together and um and then just work together to make sure our country is in the progressive way so i think i want to see a change in that like our leaders to see a change in our leaders number 3 i think um what would I say? I think I would like go for the current thing. The current is just that I, I just hope our pandemic, you know, we could control all this and back to our normal lives again. So that's like number three, like for current situation. I just want, I just want, I just want to breathe the normal air again without wearing a mask. I just Wait. miss that. And I just realized how much we take it for granted. Yeah. of breathing that way right until we are forced to wear masks to curb all this and then you just feel like damn i didn't thought that we just never thought that we would be right i feel like the what what the how the pandemic hit me so much is that i am not the type who likes taking pictures i prefer enjoying in the moment i i'm not a fan of yeah. taking pictures I, I i definitely am not the type who's going to go to a cafe and take pictures of stuff lah. so even if i've gone anywhere i don't think i really have like the proof to prove that i've been on in a certain place so uh because of that right one thing i realized was that when this pandemic hit i began to miss the small things you know, like it was the small things that they hit the most. And like when 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 people had pictures to throw back off, then I was like, oh my god. You know what happened yesterday? Um, there was this bipartisan cooperation MOU between the Malaysian yeah. government and our opposition um Pakatan Harapan, right? So yeah. yeah, so okay, for everyone listening in, this was uh, a memorandum of understanding who which just happened ar- ar- around Monday. Yeah, it happened yesterday lah, for us. So it happened on Monday, September 13. Sorry, yeah, two days ago. So yeah, I wanna know what do you think of that before I explain. I just want you to know what do you think of that, of the whole MOU. Um it's a, it's a good effort um to to add, to even come up with this entire bipartisan kind of thing because um in my opinion very personally I'm a bipartisan kind of person I mean okay. sometimes you just have to put your political ideologies apart to work together as a country right to make sure you know you know that's how you because you have you have to reflect yourselves and you have to have a a body or or you know or someone opposite to reflect yourself you know to make sure you're doing it right you know we call it the check check and balance system yeah like yeah right and so i feel like mou maybe could, could help in doing that so i hope that you know um the country could 
um, you know, put the political ideologies upon both of them, I mean, opposition and also the ruling party could work together for once because I feel like now we should concentrate on how to, um, you know, overcome our economical crisis and to overcome our endemic. We are moving towards endemic. We have to somehow, you know, overcome it because we have like 20,000 cases sitting every day and and um, it's bad for a country like Malaysia because we are, we are not India. India is big. I mean, yeah. uh, the numbers maybe might not be. Population. Yeah, they have like wider population, right? So compared to us, we're so much smaller comp uh, population, which actually um, showing us like, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised that if the entire country is affected by COVID-19 one day because we're such a small country. Yeah. Numbers are increasing day by day, so um, so it's good. So I just hope that I I just hope this lasts until GE fifteen, and they just don't fight again. I just want to see the political leaders are fighting over power, but instead of you know solving these issues. So I really hope this MOU could could remind them of it, it's just said the right yet has to remind them that you know, to put the political ideologies apart and to work together yeah. to make sure our country... Yeah, it's just sad to do that. But I hope the collective initiative that, you know, government came up with for the MOU, right? So I hope it reminds them and I hope they do their jobs. Yeah, I mean, like, if... um From what I see, right, this is coming from, like, a non-political, a very dumb and political kind of perspective, okay? So I'm telling that, I'm warning that, guys. So um, when I looked at it in the beginning, I was like, oh, bipartisanship, like, cool. I mean, like, I feel that people, like, in the Malaysian scope, people start talking about bipartisanship so much because of these two people, Said Sadiq and Rafizi Ramli. That is what I feel. I'm not sure lah, maybe other people would have spoken about it earlier, but I felt like these two political leaders definitely made that term popular. And like a lot of people start talking about it. And yeah, just looking at this effort, it seems like a very good effort. But then I feel yeah, like it's too, early. it's too early to say anything um, until we see the impact that it brings. Because exactly. I feel that exactly. at the end of the day, right, all the plans that we have, all the plans are supposed to be for the greater good. But then even despite creating all these uh, so-called amazing plans for a greater Malaysia, we still see, uh, you know, we still see so much of corruptions and things that just makes the right yet super fed up. Lah. So yeah, I think that before commenting anything, let's just hope for the best. <laughs> That's probably a very, I don't know, a very pessimistic approach. These two years, these two years of the pandemic, yes, I, I'm good at it. It was terrible times. It was, everyone had it hard. Everyone had it difficult. doesn't matter whether you're working or you're not working. You know, be students, the adults, you no know, parents, everyone, everyone had it hard. But then the fact that, you know, I felt like these two years were like the best years. Um, in terms of the riot uprising, <laughs> you know, in terms of, you know, our, yeah, basically just common people like us being brave and, you know, trying to start up what they want. And I'm not only talking about youth power, which is something very impressive, you know, the surge in youth organizations, but I'm also talking in like for all the riot as a whole. So yeah, that's, that's something impressive to see. Lah. Even though it's sad that we had to see something like this in a troubled time, but yeah. <laughs> I have to agree. 
Okay, so wow, we spoke a lot about politics. You see, when you talk about politics, you confirm speak very long. <laughs> it's fine, yeah. let's move on to the next questions. Um, mm -hmm. Okay, since we were talking about Malaysia's struggle, I want to keep this momentum going. Um, yeah, this is nice. I, I was just talking about youth power and all, right? So what is your mm -hmm. contribution, Shamira, to Malaysia? So I go by Green um, for the Sambal Cares podcast where I'll be hosting Sambal Cares and where we'll be addressing social issues. So um, so I feel like that's like one contribution, right? Where you actually try to speak it out. So it's on Spotify people. So you can, you know, tune in to Spotify at uh, the Sambal Pod. Also, we have our website. Just, you know, type in the Sambal Pod on our Google. You can access to whatever projects and also our podcast is also you know over there you don't have to subscribe to spotify you can also listen it on our website and you can follow us on instagram at the sambal but you can also follow us on twitter so apart from the promotion um i think uh, we i'm con i think speaking about it's already a contribution so apart from it uh i'm also a representative po for fire bukit matajam parliament wanita muda so sorry, I can't yeah. I can't do drum rolls here because yeah, I don't have drum rolls, <laughs> but yeah. Well, <laughs> so I'm representative at Parliament Wanita Muda, so I was able to um table the issue on marital rape. And uh, the good thing is I am doing an entire research on marital rape and also I'm studying the laws from the other 23 Islamic countries that have passed bills on marital rape. So uh to make sure uh, that I come up with a solid research paper so that I could um, you know, present it to the um, authorities or the people that I could see it uh, to make the bill pass. So that's like one contribution, I think. So apart from my rhetoric, I'm also working on uh, child rights. Um, apart from that, um, I'm also a member in uh, a movement called, I'm not sure whether I can say it, but it's a movement called Sayi Bukan Pendatang, where uh, we are ad advocating... Wait, wait, Sayi Bukan Pendatang is going to be launching tomorrow, right? So it'll be safe for you to say yes. it since this episode is out tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, we are launching at Sayi Bukan Pendatang on Instagram. And um, it is not only advocating for the people of uh, you know Chinese or Indians, but it's for everyone even the Malays, because they are also facing racial discrimination. We talk about one particular race being dominant, but we also forget to mention that they also go through a lot of racial discrimination. So it's a, uh, you know, race, um, how do you say, neutral uh, movement where we fight for everyone who is going through racial injustices. So that's like... One, one part of it. And then I'm also a part of uh, MYLC, Malaysian Youth Local Council, where we educate the importance of local government. Because um, I feel like to solve, instead of depending everything on the federal government, if we actually concentrate our contribution uh, towards the local government, we can solve, resolve issues much faster. And, and I think that's how we can we can make sure or we can produce urban development slowly. So I think these are my contributions. So I think there are a couple of projects that are coming up in future as well. So hopefully, maybe who knows if we have like one more session of me and maybe I can update. 
Yeah, we'll definitely have more sessions with you. No worries. And yeah, guys, you definitely saw an impressive CV. And yep, that is Shamira. <laughs> I feel like this is a very good way to like, you know, to hype it out. You can just like cut out this part and use it for your resume video or something. And then like, you know, when you want to apply That's for <laughs> your job or something. Yeah, yeah. So my, I'm not that much of a perfectionist, but I just want to correct this. We are not only on Spotify, we are also on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all the oh, media yeah. podcasting platforms. So yeah. I mean, because we, I'm, I'm seeing a search of audience from Apple Podcasts now. I'm not sure why only now, but like, oh, I'm grateful. So, okay. <laughs> Moving on to the next question. Um, you were talking about the launch of Saya Bukan Pendatang, right? Um, yeah. The launch of a movement where you want to fight about racial injustice in Malaysia. So yeah, let's talk about your ethnicity. How is it living in Malaysia with your ethnicity and have you faced racism? Um, I definitely faced racism because I would like to be honest over here, being an Indian Muslim, you don't know where you belong. You belong to the Malay category or you belong to the Lion Line category or you belong to the Indian category. But I think I will choose the Indian category because or uh, Because you're racist or, Indian? Like... Yeah, Your religion is Muslim. Yeah, like, you know, where do I belong to? I just don't know, man. I think this is why the entire race column is extremely confused. Like, not only myself, I've just met so many people in my position, in my shoes, that have been through all of it. Yeah, I think one thing we have in common is just that, you know, sometimes it's Malayu. You know, I just, I, my friends used to ask me, like, bro, like, you know, which I like, which box are you taking? Is it Malayu or is it Indian or is it line line? So make sure we all take the same boxes. Or, it, or like, I have, like, in, at the other, I was studying in Conan school, right? So I have, okay. like, another two Indian Muslim friends of mine, the same class. So we have, like, three Indian Muslim in the same class. And then we used to like discuss before we take any forms with, like, bro, like, which, which form are you, like, you know, which column are you, like, taking? Because it's extremely confusing. So definitely I face racism because you don't know where you belong to, right? Yep. Um, and the wood killing, wow, it hurts, man. <laughs> let's get on to it since you talked about killing. Let's let's get on into it. <laughs> yeah. It it's been a while since we talked about controversial stuff. Let's do this. Um, damn it hurts. You, you know the actual meaning of killing is. Like, um, I, I know, but let's enlighten our audiences. Some some of them may not. It's like um uh is is how to say is to it's to um it's a word to to I mean to address a person who's from an Indian subcontinent, but mm. it's just that now it's it's been used as a racial slur. Like, yeah okay like, yeah okay it, basically it's, okay basically it's basically okay basically it's a term used for it's used to um to describe an individual originating yeah. from the from the yeah, indian yeah. subcontinent yeah yeah i think that's how it works like you know correct me if i'm wrong but yeah that, that's how it works but then yes like what you say in the modern colloquial usage in malaysia's usage today um, it it's is used just as a like, racial slur. It's used as a means to basically just um, put you down. Like it is used in a negative manner. Yeah, exactly. So it's just like um, why wow, it hurts, man. I'm like, I mean, why do you have to do that? It it just hurts, you know. But at some point, 
like in my opinion i'm just numb already i'm like like have, have you actually have you actually um got someone telling that to your face because i've not experienced that to my face lah which is ungrateful for you but yeah i want to know about you you have that oh, you've I experienced de- that yeah i definitely have but what you uh, mean to your face people telling that just directly to you yeah people just telling me straight that oh you're you're killing again machine do and i'm oh, like wow. um i'm like oh, okay i i can't say no but you know but you're using it i'm like you're just being racist that's nice so like anak mommy also is is a term that you refer as orang mama right so you can just ask somebody so anak mommy ke ha that that one okay lah or some is is just something worse man you shouldn't like call someone using a racist like, like how oh i have to address this like how you use the word sakai or jakun you know it's yeah. so Cool. Like like I understand yeah. last time people used it because people you know there were no awareness or anything like that right yeah. but now yeah. it's a the it's a derogatory term so people need to understand that but talking about it right yeah. just let let me just highlight what happened uh it was when did this happen now uh, it was in this it was it was in Tun M speech that I think around I'm not sure which year okay maybe three eighteen three nineteen around there. When he actually said that, you know, I think he said that uh, he was criticizing. He was criticizing someone. I'm not sure why, but 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 basically, his speech shook up the entire nation, lah, because he used the word. He he used the killing word, uh, during a speech at at some. I'm not sure where it happened, but he used this word and said that um he doesn't understand why people are offended because like he used to hear that word when he was a kid and that was fine. So like he didn't understand that. So yeah, so you said that no, you said that it should not be an offensive racial slur. Well, <coughs> well, I'm not sure how his experience was that as a kid, right? Because that was like generations back. But now it is a racial slur, so just don't use it. Simple as that, I think. You know, I think for, I, I for people who want to understand more, yes, please do your study and all. But like for you know, for people who just want to understand why it's not okay, then now you know it's a racial slur. So if it's a racial slur, that means you can't use it. You know, that means you're just putting someone down. You're just disrespecting someone. All my fellow friends who definitely hated Sejarah in school. I'm sure 90% of you guys hated Sejarah. But, you know, whether you like it or not, let's get on to this. Um, I think we have all been very familiar with the word of Benua Keling. So those were the kind of words that we definitely heard in our Sejarah books. And... Just an FYI, Benua Kaling is the Indian subcontinent of the uh, Kerajaan Kalinga, the Kalinga Kingdom, which uh, modern day is known as Oraisa. To visit Raja Cholan, start calling Raja Cholan as Raja Kaling. I'm not sure how far, you know, how legit this sejarah is, but I do remember reading this in my sejarah textbooks. So that is another origin of the word Kaling. So basically, it, it refers to both of this, like, you know, the... The Benua Kaling and the Pemimpin, the, the Indian leader. I'm not sure how. So I guess that is why I understand why the older generation feel very indifferent when we talk about Kaling. When we talk about the use of the word Kaling, usually it's the younger generation who gets offended, not the older generation. So now I understand why. Because if you talk about like people like Tun M and all, they're from the older generation, right? They don't yeah, feel offended. Yeah. yeah, they don't feel offended because maybe for them this is just like a part of sejarah, or maybe for them Kaling was just like 
a really common word used to identify a certain race, just use, you know, a common term used to identify Indians. So that is why it was not offensive. But when you're talking about it today, today it has become an insult, especially um, some, I, there's, there's been debates for this. Lah. Some people say Kaling is used for Indians, but I think there's a lot of people who also say that Kaling is specifically used for Indian Muslim people. So anyway, I think Indians and Indian Muslim people have been, victimized with this word because nowadays when you talk about that word it's definitely an insult so when you so when people has been you know like for me it's very easy like you know to all the people who comes from different races and who might not really understand why killing is such a sensitive thing right it's super simple yeah. once your friend from the race tells you that they're not uncomfortable with it just stop using the word like I mean, like, why, why, why go pinning yourself? Why, you know, why take so much of effort to try and debate and justify? Like, your friend tells you that she's not comfortable with the word. I just want to know, you know, in all this chaotic situation we were talking about, you know, how, you know, talking about your movement, talking about how you said that, you know, how you are a part of this movement called Saya Bukan Pendatang, right? So maybe um, just to give a bit of a perspective to all the other races who I don't know, who seriously don't understand. I'm I'm trying to be nice here, okay? I'm trying to understand that they seriously don't understand this certain race. They seriously don't understand why is it offensive when they call when when they call a certain race Pendatang. You know, for all these people who seriously have no idea, they're like so naive. (laughs) Maybe what you can do is maybe share your feelings when anyone just calls you a pendata. Um. Okay, it's just that I'm going to reply this in a very brief manner. I think the only community that is not a pendata was the orang asli. Mm. I think that is I enough to speak agree. for itself. I definitely agree. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. So... If today, are the, yeah, I feel like they are the. I feel like they are the actual Malaysians. I think the rest of us, I'm not gonna say it, but we are we are the citizens right now. But if you're gonna call me the Pendatang, it doesn't make sense because this doesn't make sense, and that this this is why history is important. But to be brief of it, the only person who is not actually Pendatang according to history to me was. The orang asli and the, and also orang asal because orang asli is the one in Semenanjung, right? Orang asal is the one from Sabah and Sarawak. So it's the orang asli and also it's the orang asal who are not the pendatang. If I have to speak that particular language or I have to even utter the word pendatang. Basically, for those who still who are still so hung up with the word pendatang, right? I honestly tak tahu kenapa lah, kurang suka sangat. <laughs> to those who so we so hung up on the word pendatang, you know, who's like so eager to prove that I am here, you are the pendatang, and stuff like that, right? We're so eager to win this losing fight, you know, quotes on the losing, you know, who's so eager to talk about that. Let's just say this lah. The majority of us who are in Malaysia now, okay, if you really want to talk about pendatang, how are pendatang like what Shamira mentioned, but all of us 
basically work together to build the Malaysia that we have now. You know, and I just want to quote, I want to quote this. Uh, I think um, Arvind Kumar, he's a local Malaysian influencer, also known as Machi Rosma. I think he spoke about this issue recently this on, on a video. And I want to quote what he said. You know, I just want to quote what he said. It, it was an amazing video, by the way. So guys, you can go check him, check him out. You guys probably know him more as Machi Rosma. Like, I don't know. Like I probably knew Machi Rosma first before actually knowing him. But yeah, go check him out. So um, I just want to quote his words saying that... Um, what did he say? Okay, I want to quote his words saying that Malaysia today will not... Malaysia today will not be the Malaysia today if you try to take any risk out of it. That just shows that all of us, you know, every race here basically contributed to the Malaysia that we have today. So if you still want to like, you know, talk about this racial irrelevance, right? Honestly, just, I just feel that nowadays when you talk about racial injustice, it's just something that politicians and uneducated people want to talk about to simply create fights and dispute. So to the others who still believe in all this nonsense, better get yourself educated lah. Yeah. So moving on to the next question. And um, basically we are towards the end already. So if Tunku Abdul Rahman is still alive, why what would you tell him? In this you know, you know if he's in this chaotic situation, right? It doesn't matter the political yeah, or how, how Malaysia is. Um, it's just that I would tell you, sir, look at your comrades right now and please remind them how Malaysia was born and do not use the race and religion card to create an entire chaos. I would just ask him to remind all these people all over again, how hard did you, you know, um, did you, you know, the effort that I put in to get the independence of our country, the freedom that, you know, you have brought to us. So I was just like, tell him that. I'm like, sir, can you please remind them? Okay. Um, if you can speak to a political leader, what would you say to him slash her? It could be anyone. Um, I would tell him or her, sir or ma'am, can we put the political ideologies aside and focus on what should we fix right now? I think that because... is so well said. <laughs> that, yeah. you know, that thing I is think... so well said, yeah. It could be a quote. <laughs> what yeah, you said just now. Just... I, I can just like, so man, put your political ideologies aside and focus what should we, you know, should be resolving right now because, you know, what is happening is beyond, it's beyond anything. You know, you know, you know, one good thing that I've observed during the pandemic, I just love how um, people came out of their comfort zone, out of their way to show how truly Malaysian they are, you know, mm. how people, we are all suffering, we all, you know, going through you know, economical crisis, we don't have enough money and all that mm. stuff. But I just have to say all how the Malaysians equally contributed for the ones who need even more than us. So it's just amazing. So I feel like, you know, what I saw was the people was united. Riot was united, but the one above us, who are the, are the, the ruling ones, are the one who is fighting over. So I'm like... Probably they should just stop and looking at the riot for once instead. Maybe the riot is the example right now. Like the riot is united. The riot is now smart enough to put their differences apart and work together to help others. So now I feel like the political leaders 
she look at the rakyat and learn. It's sad to say this, but it's the bitter truth. Okay. As a Malaysian, do you have hope? I do. Because um, I'm sure there's a lot of youth like us are passionate in bringing change of, in our country. And it's amazing to see a lot of youth organization are moving out of the comfort zone to prove, um, you know, we are, we are not just a youth in the age, in this particular age of group where you can keep oppressing. We are not going to take it. And this in how these people uh, and how, how these youth are going out of their way to help people to, you know, to, to make changes for our country. So I, I do have hope. Okay, so I want to end this on a light note. So I will end this with two questions. Okay, mm -hmm. one, let's just be honest. Lah. Okay, tomorrow are Malaysia no? So I'm going to ask you a super serious question. You have to be honest, okay? Mm -hmm. As a Malaysian, do you follow normal timing or Malaysian timing? Malaysian timing, definitely 100%. 100%. Five minutes, I'll be there. Give me five minutes. One minute, I'll be there. Okay, give me five minutes, I'll be on a meeting, but I'll be on my way. It's on the way, on the way, you know, on the way is always your go-to word, right? Yes. I'm on the way. I'm on the way. Okay, okay. So, um, the last the last thing is actually more of a suggestion lah to our to our fellow rakyat out there, to our fellow anak muda, because um tomorrow is Malaysia Day, Selamat Hari Malaysia semua. Um, you know you said that you got so emo, right? You know you shed tears of pride and stuff when when you were listening to that, you were listening to Ramira Mubarak song, um Jalur Gemilang song, um during Merdeka Day, right? So why don't you give us a suggestion on what patriotic song, maybe like, you know, on what patriotic song that we should listen into tomorrow, in case if there's anyone who wants to cry along, you know. <laughs> um, you know, you know the song Satu Malaysia? Kita Satu Bangsa yeah. Kita. Oh, yeah, yeah. We sang that a lot in school. Lah. I like that song. <laughs> Satu Malaysia. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm just so sad why people don't listen to that song anymore. I have to tell you, it's the past patriotic song that I've listened before because it just it just shows what Malaysia is you know kita, kita memang like satu bangsa satu negara right mm. like we are all one and so it, it's my favorite song and I just like it's amazing everyone should just go listen to this song and remind you know themselves it's just one Malaysia after all and that is the best way to end this episode. Thank you so much, Shamira, for joining us. Thank you so much for sharing you. your stories. And yeah, we definitely talked a lot. I think we didn't really talk much about the questions here also, but it's fine. I think we spoke about many other important things that really matter. So yeah, um, once again, Selamat Hari Malaysia semua. Not only to those, um, you know, to those who call themselves as Malaysians, but also to all those foreigners to all our fellow refugees who live in Malaysia you guys are seen as Malaysians too in my eyes so yeah Selamari Malaysia semua and let's just use this yeah let's just use this good public holiday to rest so-called rest I don't know I don't know whether public holiday is it's a rule used by students lah because I think students are always busy but it doesn't matter yeah. <laughs> let's have a good rest everyone and yeah I think on Malaysia Day, let's use this as a good reset button to really 
think and yeah start you know to start executing the changes that you want to see from Malaysia so that is all from now thank you so much bye bye hey you can say bye too <laughs> oh bye <laughs>